What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. When I do style families, the first person that I always style is mom, no matter what. No matter if do- she, mom says, I have a dress for daughter. Nope. She comes first because at the end of the day, she is going to be the most critical about those images and of herself. So if she is not happy with whatever it is that she's wearing, she's going to hate this entire session, no matter how amazing it is. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur. And I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is a place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my friends. I am so excited to get started. This was such a fun interview. I'm so excited to share Kate Boggs with you. Her maternity work, you guys, just completely blows me away. The emotion and the joy you just feel looking at the images. Well, you're just going to have to go check out for yourself. I knew she would be the perfect guest for the show. So let's get started. Welcome, Kate. So I want to dive in. So how did you get started as a photographer and what are you passionate about? Mm, I love this question. It's such a good question. So I was a teacher, which I'm sure many people have their before stories. And I went teaching because I loved the creative aspect. And unfortunately, once I got in there, I realized that it was not what I remember as a kid. As a kid, it was very hands-on and fun and kinesthetic learning and lots of like hands-on learning. And now it doesn't really seem like it was as much focused around hands-on learning. So I realized that this wasn't where my passion was. It wasn't where my creative juices could flow. So I pulled back. I stepped back and decided this isn't what I want. What do I want? And I saved all my pennies and I had just had a baby, which is 
extremely expensive. And I actually sent my husband into Best Buy with all of my change because I couldn't do it. I couldn't be the one to spend that much money. So I sat in the car sobbing while he went in there with all of the money and bought me this Canon T2i. And that was kind of it. It was having a baby and realizing that these moments are going by so fast, which I'm sure many people can relate to. But that was it for me. That was that life-changing moment where I was like, I am going to invest in something that I'm able to control. With teaching, I wasn't able to control it, but this I can control. I can control what my output looks like. I can control what the product looks like. I can decide where my creative juices are flowing and what they're going towards. And that was the biggest game changer for me and how I became a photographer. Obviously, there's many different avenues with this, like how I became a, a niche maternity photographer, how I found my style with all of that. But that's just my journey into how I actually got a camera and decided that this is where I wanted my brain to be at this moment. <laughs> I love it. I yes. love it. We have so, we have such a similar story because I was the exact same, but I just had a D90. <laughs> oh, see, you know what? So you're, you're an icon girl. I mean, I feel that. That's fair. Now, you mentioned you definitely have a maternity niche. And looking at your work, oh my God, girl, it takes my breath away. Yeah. It's rich. It's moody. It has this like sunshiny, yummy boho feel. Mm -hmm. Tell us how you found your way and your style in this niche. Okay, so... In high school and in all of these things, I kind of was one of those girls who migrated between like all of the different groups and the different styles. I never really found my one thing, right? So like I went from like wearing Abercrombie and Fitch to wearing like Hollister and then migrating into Hot Topic. Like it was just like a mishmash of all this stuff. So once I was able to be on my own and not really around all these certain people for my entire life, um, my entire basically high school, middle school years, I, it forced me to find my own vibe and my own style and my own voice. So I realized that I love and I dig the whole boho, natural, earthy tones, textures, all of those speak to my heart. And you can tell that if I'm ever out shopping with anybody, that is where my mind immediately, everyone's like, oh, look at this hot pink dress. And I'm like, no, I'm more about this like gauzy white thing over here that looks like it's a cape, but I could envision it having it sit off of a mama's shoulder with a belt wrapped around it. And then the texture below having her wear these snakeskin booties with this boho feather. Like I just envision everything around this one piece. So I did, I found my voice by forcing myself to step away from what I had known every my whole life, which was preppy, you know, or hot topic or, or um, gothic or any of those things. So it kind of made me decide that I, this is what I'm drawn to. This is where my heart is. This is where my soul is. I, I love the textures and I love the colors. And I love how everything is just so natural and beautiful together. So I was able to kind of decide at that point that that was what I wanted it to look like. I wanted my goal to look similar to this. I didn't want the hot colors. I didn't want neons and brights. I really love the rich reds and the burnt oranges and the mustards and like the muted pinks and the whites. Like very much that was where my goal was. And it honestly happened maybe three years ago was when I finally put my foot down in my clientele. And I was like, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I want my style to be. This is what I want my voice to be heard as. I don't want to just take on everything and just keep fumbling my way through this. I want to make a statement in this industry. And that was where my heart went to was these naturals and everything, which leads into maternity. 
So I decided about three years ago that I was going to stop accepting everything because while it's amazing and it's great to get your name out there and it is, it absolutely was beneficial to me in the beginning. I was at a place in my business where I was confident in my work and I was so proud of where I had come and how far I had come. And it was, easier for me to be able to say, you know what, I am not someone who's like, oh, look at me. But there are a couple of things that I do that I am very proud of. And one of those things is being able to nicely say no. So I get clients who say things like, I would love to do a cake smash. And I'm like, I would love that for you. Unfortunately, I don't do those anymore. But I have amazing photographer friends who are just the best with those. Would you mind if I gave you their information? And not for nothing. It helps the client know that I have their best interests at heart, but it also shows these photographers, these friends of mine, that I am a team player, that I want to help them grow just as much as I want my business to grow. So I love it. Girl, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. I I realized, like I said, about three years ago that my my niche where my heart is, is 100% in maternity. I do shoot families and I want to continue growing in that side of the business, mainly because I love my maternity clients so, so much. And it breaks my heart to know that when they decide they're done having babies and I don't really get to see them again. So I am kind of expanding a little bit on that side of things, but my main focus is and will be maternity from here on. It's just, I have three kids and not that we're getting super, super deep. I did suffer a miscarriage between my second and third. And no, I mean, thank you. (laughs) Um, And it did kind of make me realize that this is such an important moment in life. And it's such a short moment. And not to mention, like, I remember when I was pregnant all three times, I felt awful about myself. Like I was like, man, I am like Fiona from Shrek. Like when she turns into, you know, like I am just, (laughs) this is horrible, you know? And then you have a baby and you look back and you're like, I wasn't that bad. Like I really, I mean, I was like Fiona when she was a princess. Like I wasn't, you know, horrible. And it made me realize that like, this is such a, a short period of time that you forget so, so fast. And it's fleeting, not to mention anything like it, it is. And I want to capture these moments where these mamas don't feel their best because I want to show them that they are just like life-changing human beings at this moment. I mean, from this moment, you are just a goddess. And that is so important to me. So that was that point for me when I, after having the miscarriage where I realized this is my calling. This is what I am here to do. This is what I'm here to speak on. This This is like my truth and my voice is just this. And so I kind of tied in the whole boho scene because at that point, it really wasn't as huge as it is now. People were doing more of like the flowy split maternity gowns and those are beautiful and there's a place for those as well. So I'm not saying that those don't work. They just, that wasn't what I was envisioning when I saw my business. So I was able to fine tune and not to mention go out and find these pieces and these items for my client closet that were able to build on this monumental time and that weren't seen yet. They weren't out there yet. So that was a lot of I love it. I love it. (laughs) So you mentioned like wardrobe because I know like styling is so big when it comes to the effect it gives to our images. Do you have a client wardrobe? This is like one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I mentioned three years ago, I had kind of changed everything. I had purchased a couple of gowns here and there. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. When I first looked at the prices of these, now mind you, this was like 
but maybe maybe four years ago it like hurt i was like 80 dollars for a dress that has like a tube top and a split like what so i was ambitious and i was like i'm gonna make my own and i will tell you right now that's why i am so i preach so much about small businesses and shops and everything because they work so hard and they are just artists in their own state um it, they, I commend them. Needless to say, my dress did not come out good. I, I did not shoot it because it was just a very unfortunate thing that happened. Um, very <laughs> unfortunate. But that was kind of where I started. Where I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this one thing and I'm going to use it until it's like beaten to the ground. And so I did. I bought this aqua colored split belly tube top gown that I paid like eighty five dollars for from So Trendy Accessories. And I like use that thing and I change the colors in Photoshop to really get my money's worth because I was like, this is a very big investment for me. And after I did that, and like I said, three or four years later, things I kept using the same gown. And finally, I was like, I'm going to invest in my business. I'm going to take the next step. What is something that not many people are doing right now um, that I can capitalize on in this area? And one of the biggest things I realized was when I would get maternity clients and they saw my prices. It was hard for them to swallow going out and buying a dress for that, right? For that one specific session. So in the very beginning, what I did was I said, if you buy the dress or if you have me buy the dress, I will split it with you and then you give it to me for my client closet. And that was like Mm. a game changer. Like I had clients who I had never even, like they were like, my friend of my friend of my friend told me that you're doing this thing where I can pick any gown and you'll with the cost with me and they're like I will never use it again so of course you can keep it afterwards so as long as I had kind of a say in like a I would pick one of these colors it worked out great so that was where my whole client closet started was I ended up splitting gowns with clients and then they would give them to my client closet and then I would kind of grow from there so in the very beginning my work was centered around like two or three gowns and it forced me I had to style them differently because not everybody wants to wear the same gown. And I mean, let's be totally open here. That kind of reminds you a lot of prom. You can't have the same gown as a friend, <laughs> you know, so you got to do something different. So I did. It forced me to, like, use belts, use hats, use cardigans, use caftans, use different shoes, use different – a T-shirt around a dress, so a T-shirt on top of a dress, like, just to make sure that these people are not, like, I don't necessarily want to look exactly like this person, but I love this gown. How can we change it? So after that happened and I was able to kind of expand my business as much as I did, and it did, it kind of, it grew very fast in a short period of time because I was the only person offering this special maternity gown thing. So after that point, it was constantly investing in my client closet. So at this point in time right now, if I'm looking around, I have close to 500 items in my client closet. Yes. Yes, yes, very much. I know it sounds crazy. Um, I'm sure people are like, wow, that's insane. I will tell you, I am an incredible thrifter. I thrift like nobody's business. I am constantly on Poshmark. I am constantly on Mercari. I'm constantly on ThreadUp and on KidsZen and all of those sites. So I am a master at finding what I want for very little money because in the end, these are props. They are. So realistically, for me to invest, like $700 in a gown. I mean, it has to really be like one of a kind. Yeah, in, yes, girl, mm-hmm. incredibly versatile. 
it will fit everybody. Like it, it has to be worth the investment. Otherwise I'm going to buy a gown for $30 and then just beat it to the ground, use it until it can't be used anymore because that's my motto in business is that is I can change something and manipulate it by adding different pieces for very little money. And that's what I'm going to do. That's how I do things. So I want to say maybe the last two years is when I actually stopped investing as much in my maternity gowns. Cause at this point I had 250 to 300 maternity gowns specifically. So at that point I was like, all right, K-Box, reel it in. Like you're good. You're fine. <laughs> take a deep breath. And I started kind of investing more in my family side of things. So for mamas and my favorite place to shop at is usually free people and forever 21. Those sites are my favorite. I will tell you, like I said, I don't actually shop at the store. I go thrifting and I offer very much less because a lot of these people are just trying to get rid of their stuff. So I very rarely will I, will I pay full price for something. I don't like to do it. I'm cheap like that, but in a good way, because like that's money back in my pocket, right? Exactly. Totally. (laughs) So I do, I have a lot of gowns. I have a lot of skirts. I have a lot of bralettes. I actually have a lot of children's clothes. I work, and I mentioned a little bit earlier, I work with a lot of small shops, and that has been the best thing that I've, I really have done, or one of the best things I've done for my business. It helps you get your name out there, not to mention you get clothes in return for helping them get their name out there and vice versa. And I love to know that my money isn't going to a big business where I don't matter to them. And I'm sure everyone's seen that being posted, but knowing that my money is going to a mom whose daughter is in cheerleading or a single mom who is trying to put food on the table, that to me speaks wonders more than me going to free people and buying specifically from them. So I'm very intentional with where I go and where I shop and where I put my money in my business with my clients. I love it. Thanks, girl. Thank you. (laughs) Now, photographers often get overwhelmed with styling. Mm -hmm. Now, I am someone who has had to train myself to what looks good. Do you have any advice for those that styling just does not come naturally? I do. Um, So I like the company. And again, I'm sure that many friends have heard this. I'm hoping that some haven't and this is new. But um, Style and Select is an amazing business. It's run by two girls who are best friends and they are photographers and they came up with this idea to make this website where you basically choose how many clients you're styling, how many family members you're styling for. You select their sizes, meaning if they're a child, so these are the ranges. Um, and then you select the type of location or session they're going for. So timeless or if they're looking for more boho or if they're looking for more retro. So you select those things and then they give you a in colors, you choose the colors and they give you like a carousel of different styles and clothing options and they all match together. They all complement each other. And the best part about this is once you like, you can go through and select or send it to your client to select, knowing confidently they'll all mesh well together and look beautiful and complement each other. And it gives them the actual link to buy the item, which is amazing and incredible the amount of time that these women go through to keep this website updated but it is like because you think i would love to say go to pinterest but pinterest isn't 100 percent accurate like some a link on there could be from years ago and you have no idea exactly right so and that was what i was going to say was a lot of things like i will look for pinterest if i want a specific style but not necessarily a specific item But this website, Style and Select, is amazing. It does the work for you, and it's current. Nothing is out of stock because they check that every single day. The website is amazing. So if you are struggling with those 
with how to style or what looks good together or what goes hand in hand. That for me was a huge game changer. I will say that I don't use it as much anymore because I'm, I am able to kind of see things in my head. Like I mentioned, a white dress, I can see how I'll style it, what I'll put the daughter in, what colors I'll go towards. But for a new photographer or photographer who isn't quite confident in that yet, that absolutely is where I would say to go. Hands down, invest in that. It's worth it. Love it. Yes. <laughs> so how important is the client communication in styling? Mm, incredibly important. Oh, I have learned to be very intentional with the questions that I ask a mama. Um, and I used to send a questionnaire out, but it felt very uh, stiff and very bullet point wise. And that wasn't quite the route that I wanted to go. I wanted them to feel like they were my best friends. That was the feeling that I wanted them to get because they would show up being more comfortable if it wasn't so calculated, you know? So I usually will message them and say things like, all right, so we're going to shoot the beach. Like, what are you feeling? What kind of movements do you want? Are you going to dance with your kids? Do you want to play with them? Because that right there will give me a huge sense of where they want to go. If they're going to play with their kids, chances are high they're going to want more of a flowy dress. If they're not going to play with their kids, chances are high that they're going to be more of like a fitted dress because they're not going to be moving as much. And that's fine. That does give me a very good goal to go off of because once I hear how mom feels and what she is looking for, it's much easier to focus on that specific thing. Um, When I do style families, the first person that I always style is mom, no matter what, no matter if mom says, I have a dress for daughter. Nope. She comes first because at the end of the day, she is going to be the most critical about those images and of herself. So if she is not happy with whatever it is that she's wearing, she's going to hate this entire session, no matter how amazing it is. So I'll talk to her and say things like, so you had a baby. Like, how are you feeling about that? And she says her body is kind of weird. I'll notice like, okay. So, I mean, I get that. Like we all have gone through that before. What exactly about it? Like, where, where are your feelings? And if she says in like her midsection and that's all she mentions, I'm not as concerned with her arms, but if the first thing she says is, I'm really self-conscious with my arms right now, I am 100% putting her in a cardigan, I'm putting her in a shawl, I'm putting her in a long sleeve dress, because I don't want her focusing on that the entire session. And that's usually what happens. So if I didn't communicate with her and ask her those things, I wouldn't be able to pull that out of her. And if I styled her based on, she wants the beach, this is what she's wearing, and she put the dress on and hates her arms, and it's a strapless dress. I know that I have not done my job as a photographer. She is not going to be happy with me or the images or the memories. So I am very intentional with talking and asking what it is they're looking for from me. I'm intentional with asking, you know, is there anything about you that you're just not really sure that you love right now? Like, or we'll feed into those types of things. But that way it kind of gives me an idea. If she hates her legs, a short dress is not the way to go. If she's self-conscious about her ankles, a maxi dress is absolutely a way to go. If she, like I said, hates her back right now, putting a cardigan on her is like the best thing ever because she is not going to be looking there. She's just not. So yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Okay. So I'm. my next question is, do you ever deal with spouses or partners that just don't want to be there? And how do you deal with this? Mm, that is such a good one. So I'm not going to lie to you. I, I have had a couple. I don't get them as much anymore because I'm more intentional now with vetting my clients and making sure that we're a good fit. In the beginning, when I would get these, or even in the middle, right before probably this past year, I would say things like, if your husband is not a picture person, have him drink a beer before he comes. Have him take a shot of tequila <laughs> before he, just to have him like realize that like that's how this, and tell him that I said to do it. 
Like you don't force him to tell it because hopefully then he'll realize that this is not going to be as painful as he thinks it is. That your photographer is going to be funny, that she does know what she's doing. And this is going to be a laid back, enjoyable experience. And that is always my goal here. I know that I did my job. If a client texts me and says, not, I love the session, but my husband can't stop talking about the session. That is when I know I did a really good job because a lot of times guys don't really want to be there. They're not the most cooperative. And when that does happen, I'm very intentional about saying from the very beginning, this is going to be easy. I promise you. And when they roll their eyes, because they all roll their eyes, all of them, I say, I'm serious. I don't want you to look at my camera at all. And I mean that. I want you playing with your kids, loving on your wife, and just being a part of this moment, whatever that looks like to you and your family. And I'm, I'm intentional. And I say to him, if I catch him looking at me or just kind of giving me that like rolly eyes or just that cheesy smile, I'm like, dude, stop looking at me. Just stop. Just don't look at me. I'm okay with it. Seriously, please don't look at me. Kiss your wife's head. Love on your babies. Blow raspberries in their necks. Tickle their bellies. Pretend like you're a tickle monster. Like all of these things are important to you because that's their connection. At the end of the day, I'm just a storyteller. They're the ones that are feeding me their story. So if he feeds me a story, and I'm, I guess I tell him all of these things. If you feed me a story of you being annoyed Every time that you look back at these pictures, that's what's going to be in your head. The whole, no matter how amazing the image is, in your head, you're going to remember not being present because you didn't want to be there. So be in this moment. Love your wife. Love your kids. Be a part of a family. All I'm here to do is document this moment in your life right now. That's it. Not to mention, it's like an hour, guy. Come on. Suck it up for your wife. Like, you got this. I'm sure you've done worse things like having to change all the vents and the dryer stuff in your house and the air vents and wash the car and clean the pool filter. Like that isn't enjoyable either, but you do it and you get it done. You can be happy and you can love on your wife for an hour. I guarantee you. And then when you leave 20 bucks says you can get a beer at dinner, everything will be wonderful. And by me saying this and setting the tone from the very beginning, usually now, mind you, there are always some people, usually, though, he's kind of like, okay, she's letting me off the hook. I don't have to do a cheesy smile. I don't have to fake it. I don't even have to look at her. And that usually lets them know that it's going to be fine. They're going to be okay. They play with their kids all the time anyways. They do it anyways. They love on their wives without me having to say anything anyways. And that's all I'm asking you to do. So if I do have a partner who is like that, I will, and I can tell that he's annoyed. I will just have him bury his face in his kids the entire time. I will be very intentional with my prompting, with my posing, with the direction that I give him, with where I position him. Because if he's going to be a pouty little two-year-old, then I'm going to hide him like a pouty little two-year-old. He's still going to be a part of it. He's just, his face is going to be buried in his baby's neck. His nose is going to be buried in his wife's hair. And to be honest, no one's going to know except for him. None of my viewers or Instagram or Facebook, no one's going to have any idea or be any of the wiser because for them, it's still a very intimate moment. And to be honest, nine times out of 10, when I set the precedent and say, relax, it's going to be fine. They do because I'm telling them to relax. I'm not telling them they don't have to smile. They don't, they just have to be with their family. And that's easy. When you give them something they know how to do and they're doing already, it's easy. Love it. Love it. 
So I love I love cruising on your Instagram because I'm kind of a nerd like that. And what I love is you are like unapologetically yourself. And what I love is how you show up online. It's so easy to struggle with. Okay, so I have this pretty picture. What am I going to write? You seem to just effortlessly just let yourself flow. How do you step into your power in being yourself online? When I first started, I loved talking about poetry. I loved writing poetry and it wasn't a really huge thing. It wasn't like I wrote this long drawn out thing. It was very much like three or four sentences, but it it was what an image said to me and I loved it. Unfortunately, I was kind of told that if I didn't put my life on there, that I wasn't going to grow my business. So I stopped doing that, which is so sad. And I kind of put my life online and meaning like I posted pictures of myself, videos of myself, funny stories of my kids, which came naturally anyways. It was already happening in my life. I was already going through it. It was just kind of migrating from one thing to another. So I did. My kids are my muse. They are the reason that I even got into doing this and finding my voice. So I am 100% and I owe them everything because without them, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have found this. So 100% I plan on using my children forever because they are just the funniest tiny humans and the things that come out of their mouth are just amazing. So a lot of my captions, a lot of my images, a lot of my things are drawn more from my everyday life. I just recently started kind of mixing both. So going back, I feel like at this point, I feel confident in my style and my voice and my vision and my work, everything that I am kind of melding the two together. Like I'm mixing both of them. So poetry and my everyday life. So I realized that if you aren't vocal about either what's going on in your life or even what's going on in your photography, if you're not super into giving divulging information about your life, which some aren't, you need to connect with your people, with your audience. If you aren't connecting with your audience, with your followers, with your friends, with your family, with anybody, you are absolutely going to be losing a huge part of your business. The biggest thing is when a client can connect to you and realize that they can either see themselves shooting with you, see themselves in you, or any part of that, you're just another picture people type of person. And while that's okay, and it absolutely is, we all start somewhere, we all kind of find our way in this world. If you want to be more of a um, people person, which is probably the best bet, um, you want to connect with your viewers more, you, you do, you need to make connections. So that could be anything like a funny thing that your daughter said, because, hey, this person has a daughter, and their daughter's the same age as your daughter, and now there is a connection being made, and you, you didn't have to reach out to do these things. So I have friends who just leave their captions blank and that's fine. It works great for them. They still have a great audience, a great following, a great everything presence. It just, it comes across more as not as much of a connection. I can't make a connection with this person because they aren't um, allowing themselves to be seen and heard, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Very intentional with choosing what I want to say, how I want to say it, what an image says, um, connecting people. I suffer from anxiety. Anxiety is a huge thing that people don't talk about. They haven't talked about. So for me, that's a big connection with a lot of my friends, my audience, my followers, uh, Instagram, Facebook, my clients, anybody, because it seems like everybody has something along those lines. So to be able to put it out there and have them be like, oh my gosh, me too. Now there is a relationship growing without me having to go to every individual person. And all I did was make a connection with them via a caption. So I am very intentional on what I post in there, what kind of a reaction that I want to get and how I want to get it and who I want to connect with. If I want to connect to dads, I'll talk about football all day long. 
I don't really want to connect to dads. That's not my client or my audience. My client and my audience are usually moms who are home alone struggling. I struggle with that too. Therefore, my captions will be with my children. They'll be with my anxiety. They'll be with things that are going on in my life, not being seen at home, or happy things like filling up buckets, funny things my kids said, all of that. So I'm very intentional with what I choose and how I show up as me every single time online. I think you really hit the nail on the head there because we, you know, when you're getting started, especially with photography, you just want clients and you don't really... Mm -hmm get so intentional on who you want to serve. You just want to see some money rolling in and some people telling that you're good at something. Um, So it's so easy to get caught and actually stuck in there without realizing who your dream client actually is. Do you have any tips on figuring out and like how to pinpoint who you want to serve with your photography business? I think a lot of it has to do with your personality and the kind of photographer and your vision on what you're looking for. So I have a lot of friends who are mainly posed photographers. So their target clientele isn't someone who wants their story to be told. They're more of like, oh, we want to set the stage and photograph the story in this specific thing right here. Um, they want to basically lay everything out and have it unfold there. Whereas for me, I'm more of a storytelling. That goes my personality. I am very much a laid back, let's let things unfold as they unfold, and I'll guide you as I need to because everyone needs guidance. So with that being said, I think that certain people will end up choosing certain clientele. I realize that if I get a stiff client, they usually aren't my clientele. I like clients who are willing to play with their babies and get down and rough and tumble and play in the water. Oh, gosh, every beach session, I have my dad take their shirts off and I have them in the water every time. And I, I usually will ask that. Girl, I will ask that at the beginning. I'm like, is your husband okay with taking his shirt off and like you guys going in the water? And if their answer is no, typically I'm like a okay, why did you choose me? Why don't you tell me more about that? You know, because realistically, like I want to make sure that we we work well together. If we aren't seeing eye to eye on things, like I can find you an amazing photographer who will do exactly what you want. And again, certain photographers are more posed and they want that kind of aesthetic. And that's amazing. There's a niche for everything, right? So with that being said, you need to be very intentional with the questions that you ask your clients or your potential clients or what you're putting out there. Be intentional with what you're posting. If you only want to shoot posed photos, only post posed photos. If you want to shoot only beach because you only want to shoot beach, then that's what you're going to be getting. That's what you're going to be looking for and searching for. It honestly is all about you and your voice. What you're putting out into the world and the universe is what you're going to get back. If you put out that you want unposed, loose, fun stuff, that's usually what you're going to get because it's what you're putting out there. If you kind of put out there, you have no idea what you want to do, then you're probably going to get a whole bunch of clients who are like, I will just do all the things. You just tell me what you want and all the things. And that's amazing too. So I do, I, I feel like to get your target clientele, you have to put out what you want to get back. If I get a client who wants jeans and white shirts, I will usually say, I love that. Unfortunately, it's not my style, but I can for sure send you somewhere that you will get exactly what you're looking for. And I don't feel bad sending clients away because I'm not their person and that's okay. There are like, I mean, everyone, there's like Marshall and Macy's and Nordstrom and there's market clientele for all of these amazing brands. And that's exactly what we are. There are certain photographers for certain clients and that's perfect. That's exactly how it should be and amazing, you know? I love it. 
Great answer. Thanks. Great Thank answer, you. girl. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm going to pull our little train into the station. Thank you Yay. so much for joining Yay. me today. This has been just a juicy and a yummy conversation. And I feel like it's going to be the start to many more. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that awesome, you guys? It's notebook time. Kate said it best. The way to attract your dream client and to be able to find your authentic voice is to get clear on you first. What and who do you want to serve and what do you want to create? Now, some questions for you to ponder today is, are you being intentional with what you are showing? Are you being authentic to you and your voice? Who do you want to serve with your photography business? What do you want to shoot? And lastly, are you putting out what you want to get back? So many great answers will come to you when you get real and honest with yourself. Thanks so much for hanging with me today, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Art and Soul Show. If you're the kind of person that likes helping others, please share this podcast with your photographer friends. Sharing is caring, and it's our mission to help as many photographers create a business and life they are truly passionate about. I'm here to support you on your journey. And if you have any questions, topics, or guests you would love to hear from, please shoot me a note at lisaatthemilkyway.ca and we may even feature your question in an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today and I will see you soon.